Top Flames podcast here, and we are going to talk about a lot tonight. Um, I feel like we're going to venture a lot into music, just waiting for Ward to join. Give me just a moment for him to sign on, but uh, um, I don't remember if we mentioned during the last episode, maybe just in passing before we uh, ended the episode, but we played each other in fantasy this week, and so... It was supposed to be pretty close by the point estimates, and I definitely didn't feel comfortable enough like bragging about it. But as we um, were watching like the one o'clock games and whatnot, and my team would make a big run or something like that, I would I would kind of rub that in because it really for for a good part a part of the morning, um, most of our teams were like neck and neck, but then slowly it looked like my team was going to outscore his. So I ended up pulling out a win. So that's a spoiler before he joins on as uh, we wait for him to get on here. But uh, I know we'll talk about fantasy. <laughs> and uh, I sent him uh, a screenshot today. I use this one app for like fantasy updates. And I sent him a screenshot because we talked about a trade on the last episode that we made. Uh, I traded, let's see, Khalil Herbert and um adam lazard for debo samuel and uh i was kind of like talking to me like hey you should take james robinson or whatnot for the trade and uh he ended up taking khalil herbert and he's been saying that he makes the wrong move like this entire year in fantasy and today i get a notification where khalil herbert got injured uh i knew he got injured but like serious enough to where he's going to be on injury reserve for like four weeks. Four so I sent him a screenshot. Weeks. Four I was like, this captures weeks. I was like, this captures your fantasy season to a T, making the wrong decision because you could have had James Robinson. I don't know how well he would have done, you know, in comparison. It's it's the wrong decision. It's what I've been saying for weeks. <laughs> Every decision I make looks like a I'm I'm not exaggerating. They look like good decisions, and then it falls apart. I mean, it definitely didn't seem like a bad move to take Herbert because he was projecting upwards. He's getting more work from uh, Montgomery. Uh, the Bears run a lot, so it looks like a, like a pretty good move. And really, even on paper, like as far as comparing them on different sites for like the trade value, they were pretty much neck and neck. There really wasn't much of a difference. Yeah. Slightly slight edge to Herbert um in on the one site and so i finally was like all right i'll give it up and uh yeah and then he he gets injured this past week and is on ir for four weeks now yeah he three the three games before i got him from you which i got him from you two two weeks ago so the three weeks before that he averaged he not average, but he had double digits each week, and each week he went up in points. Yeah, I mean, he was getting like he's he was still doing more work, and it just I I knew he got injured during the game because it got you know I have that app for the updates and everything, but like I didn't know right. the severity of it. It didn't seem that serious until I saw him go on IR tonight. I was like, oh, I yep. guess he's you know serious. Well, whereas Cup, I, I lost Cup this week, and I just, I was hoping, I'm hoping, you know, it's it's the Rams kind of turn it around while he's injured so he can come back and play, 
but he's going to miss four weeks because he's on IR for at least four weeks, but it's a high ankle sprain. By the time he comes yeah. back, the fantasy season pretty much could be over. So, I mean, in all honestly, in all honestly, in all honesty, <laughs> I have running back is not a place I'm severely depleted. I I have Barkley, and which has been one of the best steals because right heading into the season, you know, it was. As far as I know, I think when we were talking about it, like obviously Justin, um, Jonathan Taylor was like number one. And then there was talk of, even though skepticism, there's talk of like McCaffrey being, you know, like overall number two pick if you didn't have to worry about like a cap at all. And Barkley, you got like for 40 bucks, if that, it might've been like 35. And that was a steal because he's been like number one, run, like top, at least top five running back. I don't know his exact position right now. Right. And I was... As listeners will remember, if they think back, I was adamant against Barkley. And that was a complete just on-the-moment whim shift in thinking. Like you know, That is funny because the whole time you're like, I'm staying away from McCaffrey. I'm staying away from Barkley. And then you bid on Barkley that day. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, but even like my number two has been pretty good with Singletary. He has, before yeah. before this week, he hasn't had huge numbers. Like, he had a big game this Sunday. But otherwise, he hasn't had, like, yeah. big numbers. But he's been a solid, uh, or like, RB2. And he's a, a dependable, like, at least 8 to 10 points per exactly. week. So you can exactly. kind of count on that to where you're not like, okay, is he going to have a good week or is he, you know, going to kind of suck this week, but he's been pretty steady. Right. It was just the fact that I didn't have, if I remember correctly, I didn't have him or Barkley or no, I had Singletary. I think it was that week that so many people were out. Yeah. That was a few weeks so I ago. Think Sing- yeah, Singletary was my only running back, I think is what it was, because yeah. I didn't have Barkley, and then my other running back I had was Murray from Broncos. That's also had been a solid number two, just not number one. So Singletary was the only running back I had. So because of that was why I was like, I need a running back. And again, Herbert was like, climb like on this steady climb up the mountain of really really good and then i got him from you played him and he did terrible and now he's on injured reserve so yeah that's just how my week goes just like lockett had been improving becoming showing that he was consistent so i benched kirk this past week and lockett didn't do bad he didn't do much in the first half, but in general, he didn't do bad. But Kirk got twenty, like over twenty points. Yeah, I will say he was on the love list for a lot of like fantasy people this week, just because one, they're gonna have to throw a lot to keep up with Kansas City, and I didn't know he had two touchdowns. So I was looking at the stats after Black Panther because um, I didn't know yeah. any of the afternoon games. Like I didn't know the Colts one until like I got home because I didn't check any of the scores. The only thing I did is when I saw. Cup was going to be injured. Cup got injured. Um, 
I think that was during the afternoon games. Like, I think I knew he was injured before I left, but if I didn't, um, I was already debating on picking up Tyler Boyd because he's been pretty good this year. Even though he's like a receiver two slash three for the Bengals, like he's been pretty solid. And um, when I saw he was injured, I was going to wait until like the, the, like the night game or, or the next day to make the move. Since they were on a bye, I could pick him up up until the start of Monday night football. And I, I, when Cup got injured, I was like, I just need help right now. I got to take a, like, it looks like Kyron Williams isn't going to do much of anything. I'm just going to go ahead and pick up Boyd right now. So I picked up my phone during the movie and like was shielding it so it wouldn't be bright. And I just made the move and I put my phone back down. So we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. I'm kind of nervous. There's still, we have uh, this week, of course, heading in. And then we have up until next Saturday to make a trade. Um, so I don't know if I want to do it yet for like another receiver. Uh, I feel like I'm okay at running back right now. Like I have Jones has been awesome lately. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing well. Um, Kamara had two bad games in a row, but he has a really good playoff schedule. Um, Jamal Williams has basically been the starting running back for the lions this, this year. And then I have, um, uh, Rashad White, who looks like he might be taking over the Tampa Bay job, he did great in uh, in the game on Sunday. I didn't watch it, but like just looking at his stats, he had he was averaging a ton of carries. So it looks like they might lean on him more, if not go to him just all together. And then, uh, of course, like right. I mentioned, James Robinson. I still have him on my team too. So like I'm pretty set at running back. So I don't know if I want to make a move yet, but I might play this week out and then hopefully try to make a move before the holiday season just to see. If, if I can get like some, cause I'm not bad at receiver. Like Debo's just been okay this year. Um, he has a good playoff schedule. Another reason why I took him um, uh, in the trade that we made. Right. Um, but uh, I, I have, of course I have, I have Justin Jefferson, which I'm not worried about at all. He's been great. Yeah. Barring injury. Forget that guy. My goodness. It's crushing it. I mean, he's had two games where he's had like at least 175 yards. Like this past week, he had 194, I think. And then earlier in the season, the first yeah. game of the season, he had like 100 and something too. Like I mean, 170 something. Like, I don't want to like short him by like 100, you know, 15 yards, and, and you know, instead of like 170. But he just went off. Um, yeah, he and Fields just obliterated me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but other than that, like, I don't have another receiver who I feel like comfortable with, like. Maybe Hardman comes on. Um, I know he's out this week because of an injury, and maybe Boyd is like kind of okay, but I'm a little weak at receiver, so that's why I kind of want to maybe solidify that up before heading into like the stretch run, just maybe one more guy or maybe a top-notch guy or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm still kind of nervous about that, but Fields has been unbelievable. Like our friend – 46 – points and the previous week had 51 yeah like it's unreal what he's doing like i I mean he's doing what lamar did for me the beginning of the season when i was in first place in in uh points because he was getting around 50 i mean that's what fields is now doing is because he can run and he can throw unfortunately for him it's mostly run (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's he's not the he's 
it's not he's not a bad passer it's just they don't have a great line but he's just he went like i i sent like i i, I like how we like i didn't want to trash talk heading into our matchup because the prediction was so close already and i was so kind of like iffy about like my team already heading into this week that i didn't think i was going to win for sure or anything as i i didn't feel comfortable about it at all and then um when like even throughout the the first the afternoon games like it was still really close really didn't break it's out true. until the end and then when he had that like 67 yard touchdown run i did i did rub that one in and i just i would just rub in things like that i knew that you were going to get like pissed off because like the guys were on your bench like when pickens had the 22 yard <laughs> run and then the touchdown right because I, I didn't even realize i had him in one league starting so it was wild yeah it was ugh. It was an, just another really crappy uh, week for me in fantasy. Again, you know, it's like I had people that did really well. Like Trevor Lawrence didn't do terrible. He had over 20 points. And that's what you expect for, like, him as a replacement for your main guy. Like, right. that's not too bad. It's yeah. pretty reliable. It wasn't bad. Like I said, Barkley did really well. Um, which you would expect, but he even for what he's been doing, he was above. And then Singletary went off. Uh, the problem was, again, I had uh, Diggs didn't do much, and I had Lockett in, which didn't do bad. He had like 10, I think, which isn't terrible, but – I didn't play Kirk because Kirk hasn't been doing a whole lot and Lockett's been doing better. And then Kirk went off too. And unfortunately he was on my bench and yeah, Pickens did all right. And he was on my bench and I do not have a good tight end. Everyone keeps saying this guy Dalsic is really looking like something. And so it was either him or Fryermuth. and Fryermuth actually did like maybe a point better, but he didn't do much of anything either. Yeah, they they both were kind of like real like like I know we talked about like last week when we said like outside of really Kelsey and Andrews the tight end position is just not good. It's just terrible. It's awful. So right. if you can have one of the top two, you really do have an advantage. But like if you're playing someone that doesn't have one of those guys, it's really like like the reason I picked up Foster Moreau this week from because I obviously Kelsey was uh, I'm sorry Andrews rather was on a bye, and so. I right. had Gerald Everett, but I dropped him last week and then someone had picked him up. So that's who my play was going to be for this week. So I couldn't have him. So I was waiting for a tight end to get closer because there was, I wanted to see if any of my players could go on injured reserve. So I didn't have to drop anybody basically. And um, I was going to get Komet, which Komet has had a breakout like three weeks because I remember I told you at the beginning of the year that was like when we made our first trade at the beginning of the year I was like I'm gonna give you this tight end who did not do anything for a very long time and then all, all of a sudden he broke out no like, you could have Komet right now who's just crushed it the last three weeks I think just unreal yeah but he was doing nothing nothing, nothing. just like literally nothing but he was such so good last year it just didn't have any touchdowns and I, I thought it would like change this year I just didn't know it changed like the last three weeks like it has just been wild and Fields, how we, how we were talking about Justin Fields, the only reason I picked him up is because someone had dropped Dak. So I was like, well, I'm going to need a quarterback uh, when we play each other. Because I knew the, the second time we play each other out of the three, I knew I didn't have a starting quarterback. I knew you didn't have a starting quarterback. So someone had dropped Dak. I was like, all right, I'll pick up Dak, and I'll take a flyer on when he's healthy because, you know, 
I don't need a quarterback right now. Anyway, I'm starting Burrow. But then um, our friend Chrissy, that week that she had all the buys, she had, which is unreal. If you think about it, she has, she had Mahomes and drafted Fields as well. And I was like, all right, you know, Fields isn't going to do much of anything. And then he just had his breakout. But like it was prior to just a week before his breakout, she dropped him. And I picked him up because I didn't want you to get him because I knew you'd need a quarterback that week. So I thought, watch, watch him try to pick up fields. I'm just going to go ahead and pick up fields and have carry three quarterbacks so he doesn't get them. And then he just broke out. And I was like, I got to start this guy now. And so I should have started him last week because I would have got the win. Um, I just didn't know how he would go off like that against Miami. And then I started him this week, and like it, I didn't expect 47. I thought maybe 30. But, yeah, he just destroyed this week. And then he plays the Falcons this week, which I don't know if that game's on TV. I have four different games on Sunday that are on different channels. So I can watch up to four different games at the one o'clock slot <laughs> on my actual TV, not streaming. You can do that. Yeah. Cause we have um, in, in, in our area, we're in West Virginia. So we have like the West Virginia stations of Fox and CBS, but we also okay. get the Pittsburgh stations of CBS and Fox and the Steelers don't play till four twenty-five. Right. But how so are you, we, you said on your TV, you can, okay, so you have access to all four. Yeah. You didn't mean actually all four playing. All, you know, all four have – I can actually do that. I can put my laptop and, or my computer and my TV. And yeah, yeah, no, that makes iPad. sense. But I thought, you, I thought you were saying that you would – I thought you were saying all four games on your TV at once. I was like, what? What? Picture and uh, picture and picture and yeah. picture? I could, do it on my, I could do it on the um, – my my computer because i can just open up four different windows of xfinity and do it that way oh my gosh i won't i do it on four screens before i do that but it's we get the, i know we have the colts game whoever they're playing uh we have the the panthers ravens whoever the commanders are playing and i forget the other game but we have four different games on the one o'clock hour so i'll, I'll probably put them on while i'm cleaning or something uh yeah, but but I, this week I play Chrissy, right. and again, um, with not having Cup, I'm a little nervous uh, heading into it. Like she lost Ertz for the season, so she was using Ertz a lot because so many people being on like injured for her. So I and she has Mahomes and she has Kelsey. Uh, I do I do look out because uh, she has Tyreek Hill, but he's a, on a bye this week, so. I have that going for me but other than that i don't i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be close right. between us and if mahomes goes off against the chargers i could be done so i'm hoping fields has a really good day yeah i gotta win one thing nice um, is um all the teams for that right now uh i'm in the fourth spot so everyone behind me is four and i'm five and five and everyone else is four and six except for one team who's three and seven. So literally everyone's still in the playoff hunt for with four weeks to go. So. Yeah. Also your buddy Lazard. Didn't, didn't do, do much. No, he? didn't do much. Well, he was hurt. He still played. Yeah. But he was hurt, but leading into the game, they made it seem like he was pretty well. Okay. That was, and that was why I went ahead and, uh, and left and played him. Otherwise, I would have played probably Kirk, dadgummit. But I felt mm-hmm. like Lazard would be a good choice. And But I, I think that's what it was. I think they downplayed how hurt he was. 
and uh, and so he just wasn't able to do much, which which was one of the many factors. There's just so many things that was against me this week in what could have been, even without Kirk, a pretty decent one, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm actually considering watching this because th- I, th- I don't think I've watched the Thursday game like in two weeks because they've just been awful. But this week, the, the Packers playing the Titans kind of is intriguing because I have Aaron Jones. I have uh, Lazard in the league. Um, so that might be something actually I sign up for Amazon again and, and watch the Thursday game and see how that one goes possibly. Well, there's there's surprisingly been some close like this past one was actually a good one it was close and it didn't go as people expected but yes it did not look like it would be a good game same with like last night last night was actually much closer than the final score shows but like the commanders came to play i mean this this weekend uh if we want to pivot from fantasy because i mean um i didn't really have much more to say i got to figure out what i'm doing this week with a few stuff but I don't know. I'm I'm gonna bench Lazard, and uh, and and I can't play Kirk. He's on a bye. But I'm gonna bench Lazard. I'll probably play Pickens. And otherwise, again, I got I got Singletary and Barkley, so I'm not worried about running back. But and I got I got a um, Lamar back. Uh, so if there's anything else you wanted to say about fantasy, um, go ahead. I'll take. A, I'm looking to see your line to see what you have. Um, yeah, you have a couple of people on buys this week. Lockett and Kirk. That sucks. Um, yeah, but I mean, one of them we're going to have to be on the bench anyways. So yeah, I mean, picking uh, you. You never know with with freaking Pickens. Like he did pretty good this past week, but he was on my bench because the week before he didn't do squat. So it's just. Yeah. A, I mean, he. I know, like, when I was at the target share, he. I think was second of the, Pat Frymuth had the the highest target percentage. I think at thirty one percent, and then I think he yeah. was about and he only had like three points. Who Frymuth? No, he had like last week. I think he had more than that. Yeah. Didn't he? I'm I'm looking. I, I don't much. have his. I'm waiting for it to see if I can get uh, his uh, stats to pull up. But uh, three point six. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That's wild. I thought he had more than that. I thought he had like fifty or. Maybe even eighty yards. I, well, I guess we didn't throw for that many yards. Um, Pickens probably had the most yards. Thirty-seven then. targets, four receptions, thirty-six yards. Yeah, Pickens was second, and then just under him was um, uh, Deontay Johnson, who I I did drop. Uh, I needed a tight end, so I dropped him that day because I was gonna. Actually, I'm right. really glad because I was gonna see if Cameron Brait was gonna play because if he was gonna play this past week. I was going to – if he wasn't going to play, I was going to pick up the Otten tight end from the Bucks because Seattle's been terrible at covering tight end. But then I went to bed so late on Friday. I was like – or Saturday night. I was like, there's no way I'm going to even pay attention to that in the morning. I'm not even getting up to watch the game. So, yeah, I don't want to have to try to get up and do fantasy at, you know, 9.20 in the morning. So, I thought I'll just go ahead and see who's available at 1 o'clock. And that's when I picked up uh, Moreau. But, yeah, I mean, other than – other than the cup situation, that's that's pretty much all I have. And then, uh, like I said, everyone at least is still in it. Chrissy still has – she is now leading by three games uh, for, like, first place. That's and, ridiculous. It's because she's got my homes. Yeah, so, yeah, my ankle, Not, she, yeah, Hill. My, yeah. Yep. 
and Hill's having like a historic receiver season. And um, the other thing is uh, I want to mention, and then I'm done fantasy is I finally did it. I have taken over the most points in the league this week by six. Screw you. (laughs) So um, yeah, let's, let's move on to like real sports. Uh, The only thing I wanted to mention and you can, you know, talk after that is uh, Vikings and bills was insane. The end of that game. Good God. Uh, I watched the Steelers game, so that's what yeah. was on our Fox channel. And then afterwards, I hope it was, it was going to switch to the Chicago-Detroit game because of, you know, uh, Fields. I really, I really want to see him in action. Right. That's a big game. For- yeah, and I got to see, I think, three plays. They had that last drive, and I got to see, I think, the second, third, and fourth down plays. Didn't do anything there at the end. I was hoping he would. And then uh, it switched to the Vikings and uh, – uh, bills and so like I get then get my the Vikings hat on I'm like you know metaphorically speaking and I'm like all right let's go to Justin Jackson and I saw one of the most insane catches I have ever seen and considering the stakes it was like the there was an Eagles play years ago I think when McNabb was there and they had like a fourth and 21 or something that you know that's probably not going to be complete was fourth and 18 and he went up and caught a one-handed catch with a defender on him and it looked like it was like even down to the ground you still had to see it It was just wild because you you've probably seen on replays right no i watched some of that game i called it um but but the the one-handed catch i'm talking about on fourth and 18 mm, no i didn't miss that i saw it in a oh. replay yeah okay you saw on replay at least okay good that catch was wild like wow just because like i know one-handed catches have been done before pickens had a really good one this year uh obj you know his is you know that rookie catch he did, you know, there was one hand, but this was the defender was on him, like right on him. And he still managed to hang on to it, like coming down. It was just insane. One of the best catches I've ever seen. And, and I would put up there with that Antonio Freeman. Um, there was a Monday night game with the Packers and probably Vikings, but I can't remember for sure. And Antonio Freeman caught this pass, it was tipped and he caught it just like, maybe a centimeter or two above the ground, got up and ran into the end zone. I don't know if you remember that game from like the, I think that's probably when Favre was there, but I can't remember for sure. It was definitely in the mid aughts somehow. It was a big deal. I remember that because of the catch, but yeah, I don't know if I watched it. I saw it live. Al Michaels was like, he did what? Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. He gets into it. Um, but no, dude, there were, uh, there was a few really close games this week. Like there were some good games to watch. Like what two overtime games yesterday um, Sunday, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Vikings and Bills. Before we switch to the the one, like, did you see how the end played out for the Vikings and Bills? Yeah. So, uh, I Josh mean, Josh Allen. Yeah, well, people probably you know watch the game or, or at least the highlights at this point. So. I was watching and I'm getting ready because I'm getting ready to go to Black Panther. So like, I'm trying to get like, get stuff, you know, ready out for, you know, take some snacks to the movie, get dressed and everything from like my shorts and t-shirt that I had on. And uh, they didn't get in, in the end zone on fourth and goal when they tried to sneak it in, which was a good play. I mean, I, I definitely think that's a, you know, that's what I would have done. Didn't get it. And you know, the game's over at that point. You just run out. I think, I don't even know if the Vikings had a timeout at that point. So it's like, you know, just run it like one yard and you're good. 
Then they then like the snap got bobbled and the Vikings recovered. I, I heard it because I was getting I was in my bedroom getting dressed at that point. And I was like, wait, what happened? And I run out to see it and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. The Vikings just took the lead when they, you know, blew their chance on offense. And then the Bills go down and get the field goal, which is incredible. And then the overtime was just really intense as well. So yeah, that was a very good game. Right up there with like I didn't, like I said, only seeing the last couple minutes and not the whole game, like, that was up there with, like, that, you know, like, the last, like, uh, say, like, four or five minutes of the game being exciting is that, like, that Chiefs and Bills game was, it's a kind of up there at that level. Maybe definitely not quite like that, but the exciting plays, the craziness that occurred, occurred as far as some of the, like, unbelievable plays. And also an unbelievable, like, negative play, like, you don't expect Josh Allen to make that kind of a mistake, game losing mistake. Yeah, where the game, I mean, like they were literally in field goal range at that point. Like they were in the 20, like they might have been in the red zone or just outside of the red zone, too. Like it was very, very close to scoring that they were at least going to get a field goal. And, you know, there was only two minutes or so left too so it's not like they like the the vikings would have had a ton of time to go down there and score again though i mean i really doubted until this past week like i just thought well you know maybe i didn't think they were bad i just didn't think you know they were like seven and one good and then the way they went in and the bills are a great team like I don't care if they're right now in second place in their conference or six and three or division rather in six and three, they're still the best team of that conference or that division. Like even better than the Dolphins, the Jets are fluky right now. Even though they know they're leading the division, they're still not going to be there. I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, even though they're six and three. I think right. Miami's good. I do think Miami's good. I just don't. I don't think Miami's better than Buffalo. I think Buffalo's defense is better. No. I I would and two is good, but I, but. Josh mm-hmm. Allen's better. Yeah, Tua has been surprising because, like, and he has more even, weapons. Oh yeah, way more weapons. I well, mean, it. Allen's got really, really his real weapon is just Diggs. There are other people yeah. he can throw to, uh, just to kind of keep it a little honest. But the only real breakout receiver they have is Diggs. He is it. Yeah, Davis is two. Gabe Davis is two hit or miss. Um, and, and like even heading into the season, like I had uh, Trevor Lawrence and Tua both auto drafted for me in fantasy this year, and I just like Tua. Are you serious, Tua? And he's actually been very, very good this year. Like he's been solid for them. Which I'm glad. I like Tua. I just thought he was too mm-hmm. small. And I don't, I still don't know how long he'll be able to last because we saw this year, um, this season with the concussions and stuff. I mean, and he's not very accurate. Like, that's what I've known. I mean, he's not bad. I'm not saying that. Like, his accuracy is just not like the best. It's not amazing, but he's made some. I mean, like, he's surprised me. Cause again, I didn't know if Hill was a good pickup for them because I was unsure. Could he sling it down the field? And mm-hmm. and he has not only slung it down Same. the field, but he has slung it down the field where only like putting it where it's like the if it's not put in this exact spot, Hill's not getting it. 
you know, like he's, so I, to me, he's, he's, he's a lot more accurate than I expect him to be. And I, and again, I did not expect him to, I, I expected if he was chunking it down the field, he was literally that just chunking it, just throwing it as far as he can and hoping he'll could get there. But, and honestly, he's done a great job of throwing it very far but still like leading and putting it like right there where like if it's off the least bit, it's like it heels not going to get it. And probably the defender is going to knock it down. You know, like he's done a very good job of, in my opinion, of being pretty accurate. No, he's not. Ama- he's not Tom Brady, but he's done a lot more than I expected this year. I think he's really, really stepped up. Definitely has uh, done better than my expectations. Because, like, I would have made fun of him like I did at the draft. I was like, oh, Tua, you got to be kidding me. This is even worse than – than because I thought at least Trevor Lawrence might be pretty good this year. Uh, but I just didn't want to get him. And then Tua, I was like, yeah, Tua. So, yeah, definitely has uh, proven me wrong this year for sure. Same. I mean, me too. Like I said, I didn't expect this from him. Um, he's done a lot better than I thought he would. Um. I'm going to see the floor to you for if you have any uh, sports you want to talk about. Cause I, I just want to kind of fantasy in the, that crazy bills bikes game. Um, yeah. Well, there was also, so um, there was, sorry, I'm trying to pull the scores up. So I make sure I get them right. And so you also had uh, Kansas city Jacksonville, even though for Jacksonville, for a good bit of the game, what looked pretty good, but it was Kansas City, and um, and so yeah, that's what happened. Uh, it's Kansas City, so they ended up winning by ten. Like I said, I mean Kirk had twenty something points, and we're not even we're we're standard. We're not even PPR. So, uh, but there was. What was the, I'm trying to remember what the other overtime game was. Was it Dallas? No. Yeah, it was Dallas and Green Bay. Green. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Green Bay. I was watching the movie, but it was overtime. You're right. Yeah, Green Bay has been so awful this year. <laughs> yes, I've been watching them too much, and they're. And Dallas has been pretty good, especially their defense. And then Green Bay wins it in overtime like very surprising and it was a it was because of it being so close like that it was a good game uh the the san francisco game wasn't you know like it wasn't super exciting but it was pretty good herbert looked pretty good even though they they obviously they lost but it was it was only a six-point game uh the shocker for me above everything was well i expected seattle to play better than they did but more than that was last night's game now like the so two things one the commanders came to play they played really good against an incredible obviously an incredible eagles team because the eagles have been undefeated but then the Eagles just fell apart 
late in the fourth quarter. They had chances to like tie it, to take the lead. And it just, they just fell apart. There was uh, like, there was an interception. uh, And then there were two fumbles. One fumble, the the receiver, I forget who it was, caught the ball, great catch, breakaway. And then as he's running, he just didn't protect the ball enough. And someone went to tackle him and he fumbles the ball. And it, that was the second fumble in like the last, like, I think like six minutes or whatever of the game. When And so they just fell apart. And then at the end of the game, they had the ball. And and they and they they turned it over, leading to the Commanders scoring another touchdown with only like a minute or just over a minute left in the game. So that ended the game. It was ridiculous, or something like that. It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Uh, they just <clears throat> not trying to take any with anything away from the Commanders because they came to play, but. The Eagles just fell apart in like the last six minutes, which could be good for them. Yeah, that, now you and I talked about this. Now they don't have the pressure. Yeah, they can just kind of play football. I mean, they're going to more than likely, I would imagine, still win that conference because the, the only really people I think that could challenge them, and I don't think either team are as good, especially since Dallas lost this past week, Dallas or the Giants, not even just that division. I'm thinking the overall conference, I think those are the really – true challengers i guess the vikings to a degree could overtake them but i still think the vikings are probably gonna lose at least two games down the stretch i don't see the vikings only having one or two losses right and i don't i don't see the eagles messing up that badly again no yeah not like that i mean i don't think the eagles are gonna go with say one loss into the playoffs i think they're gonna have two Maybe three, but I think they're about 15 and two as far as the overall record is what I would say. I think they could lose the Dallas game that they have on their schedule. But that's the game actually on one o'clock I get because I didn't realize they were playing the Colts this week. So that's one of the games I'll ha- right. I, can, I can get on TV this week. Right. But then again, Dallas just lost to Green Bay. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's starting to, the, It's starting to level out more. You know, I mean, freaking not saying yeah. New Orleans has been stellar, uh, but the fact that Pittsburgh won. So it's starting to level out a little bit more in the NFL. Uh, but I would say right now the Eagles are still the best overall team. Uh, the Giants are good. They're definitely they're definitely good. Um, but just like the Bills mainly just have Josh Allen and Diggs, the Giants mainly, like, Daniel Jones has been playing good, like, so much better than previous seasons. But the Giants' main thing is still just Saquon. So. Yeah, they just don't have much in the passing game. And I don't know how that's going to translate into a far playoff run. I'm not saying you can't get one win, but to get a bunch of wins. I think overall, as far as teams I like the best, um, in the AFC, I still like the Chiefs and the Bills. I really don't think – I still think they're the best two teams, regardless of the record. I've been heading the playoffs. That's where my money is. If I'm going to put money down, it's going to be one of those two teams. NFC, I still like the Eagles the best. I, I maybe, maybe the Dolphins 
in the NFC, I guess I could put them in that class as well. When it comes to the NFC, I'm going to say if the Vikings can have enough defense, but I still think the second team I like after the um, the Eagles and the only thing I don't trust as their quarterback is I think 49ers. They have a great defense. They have solid playmakers. I just don't trust, trust Garoppolo entirely. So that's the only issue for me. But they would probably be my second place team in the NFC, even though the record obviously is not second place. That's yeah. what team I trust in the playoffs when you need one win and records don't matter. That's the team I have the next, the most faith in. I'm done not trusting Garoppolo because <laughs> he's just doing well. But like, did you did you see the yeah. stat the, where he's like eight and two when he's uh, in games where he's not throwing a touchdown pass? That's insane. Yeah. So so check this out. Uh, which I think it says I think it shows all that he's still a very good like. I think he's a pretty darn good game manager. Uh, I do. I do think that. Uh, so I, that's what I take away from this stat. I, for uh, for listeners, if you follow the Top Plays podcast Instagram, I put it on our story. Jimmy G is 10 and 2 and starts with zero touchdown passes. It's a wild stat. I mean, it's a wild it's weird, step. But it's, but... it's wild that you would, yeah. in 20, well, he's been probably a quarterback for like, like starting quarterback, what, like four years or so, roughly, as far as he's been actually yes. playing. And that's right, still, when he's not hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. They win a lot with him, he takes them into the playoffs. And so that's why I say, like, I think he's a good game manager, even if he's not throwing a touchdown pass. I think more – I mean, obviously, McCaffrey is a is a great boon. But I think more this season is Debo, while he's still – I guess while he still draws the defense's attention, he just in general has not been a break, the breakout player that he was last year. He really – he just hasn't. Yeah. I mean – they're definitely not running him as much as they did last year. I mean, he's he definitely gets carries still, but it's not like last year he might be carrying it 10 to 15 times a game. He's mainly just getting like a handful of carries a game, and then they're not passing a ton. They ran it a lot. Like, if you looked at the running back carries, like McCaffrey had – I don't know I don't know his exact total, but he had like probably 15, and also – um Eli, uh, Eli Mitchell had 18 carries, right. so it's like they ran it a lot and kind of yeah. split it up. But they have a lot of weapons. I mean, Eli Mitchell is good. McCaffrey is excellent. Debo is right. very good. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has been awesome for them. He's been really good for them. Um, even, I mean, like Jennings is good too. Like he's a nice like third option. Like, and of course Kittle. Yeah, I didn't mention Kittle. Kittle. Yet. I mean, he's yeah, not been Kittle. great this year, but he's still a good player. So. Right, he's he and Debo. Like I would say, he's had a better season, Debo, but not by much. But he and Debo still calls the defense to like really pay attention. I, like the thing with Debo though, that's been kind, of, you know, like surprising and was and while it still hurt me because I just like him, it so it kind of hurt to to offer him up in a trade. Um. I was more willing to do it because I'm like, okay, he just has not been doing as well this year, which I even told you that I was like, yeah. listen, 
Lockett may actually be the better choice. Uh, but but even before they got McCaffrey, I think one of the reasons they haven't been running Debo as much is because when they did run him, it wasn't doing as well. So I think they went away from it because it wasn't working as well. Um, yeah, and I've not been watching a ton of 49er games this year. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, you know, catch more now the later half of the season, especially like having right. Debo and whatnot. Right. And so, see, I had been trying to pay attention to him as best as many times as I could. I watched because I did have Debo. So, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm kind of over the hill with Garoppolo. I just, I think, I think he is trust. I think he's trustworthy enough, you know, um, especially now with McCaffrey. Again, we'll see. I still think he throws at least that one, like, pick a game that you just like hate you're just like oh it's like you're just like that groan like he throws it and you just groan I still think he has that in him but after that other than that like I think he's I don't think he's a bad quarterback I I mean I feel I feel kind of like I do about him I, f- I feel like if I if you're comparing him and Kenny Pickett I feel about the same like I think they're good quarterbacks I don't think neither one is great I think both can be okay if the team around them is very good, but I don't, they're not like a Tom Brady. They're not a Patrick Mahomes. They're not a Josh Allen. They're, and I'm not, I don't even mean like running or anything. I'm just saying like, they're not a great quarterback. I mean, there's, you can't, everyone can't be great, but they're good quarterbacks. They're ones right. you can rely on to have your team. And I will say everyone in the locker room seems to really like Garoppolo. So he's a good locker room guy too. I mean, he, he can lead the team. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything else you got for NFL? I think that, Oh, I wanted to say, what do you think, like, aside from the fact that we both just like and enjoy him when he's from ESPN, what do you think of Saturday? Is it Saturday or Saturdays? Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. That's what I thought. What do you think of Saturday being named the coach? Because he is not coached, period. And so some people – Yeah, he coached high school. Some people were like (laughs) they totally snubbed some of that – Others that could have been the interim that have been assistants. I'll keep it quick because I feel like music's going to go pretty long tonight. So I want to keep this quick. But I think I thought it was kind of wild as far as the hire. And I would say kind of like it seemed to me like they were going for more of like, okay, we're just going to tank this year. And I'm not saying they still won't tank. I'm just going by this one week. But I saw a, um, a post from maybe Adam Schefter's Twitter where like he gave a speech and I was like I'm oddly in on this guy I don't know how long it's gonna last you know maybe he won't be the coach after the season but I'm kind of oddly in on him and then him to see them beat the Raiders and I have a friend that's a a Raiders fan and it's like if I was a Raiders fan I feel like my team's a complete joke yeah Uh, come Josh McDaniel sucks it's (laughs) yeah that's that that has to be the problem because we saw what they were last year amidst all the turmoil and then to see what they are this year when they should just be better. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, and they're even running better this year. Like Jacobs has been really good and they have Devonte Adams and there's, I mean, right. granted, you know, uh, Waller has been injured. Renfro has been injured, but they just keep doing these dumb things. And it's just, that's wild. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I, I'm all, I'm well, all, yeah, I, would... I'm, I kind of want to see him. I'm actually probably watch a little bit of that game because I just want to see Jeff Saturday. Um, just kind of see how he does against the Eagles. Yeah. So we'll, I'm going for that game. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, 
I'm going to mention just real quick basketball, but first just to tie into like college. So the standings haven't changed that much. You still got Georgia's Georgia's undefeated, Ohio State's undefeated. So that's one and two. You got um, in a third place. Michigan. Let's see. I just had it. Michigan, Michigan undefeated. So the top three teams are undefeated. And then you have um, TCU undefeated, which is – I guess they, they don't really have a tough comp, uh, schedule, though, do they? No, they've played, I think, four ranked teams. Yeah, which – I mean, that's saying so something, but it's not like playing – you know, it's like – it's not the same as like some of these. And then you got Tennessee is fifth. They are nine and one. So Tennessee is the only is the only team in with a loss. Freaking But you know that it, and what's gonna happen is Ohio State and Michigan play each other, so someone's gonna get out right. from that game. And then if TCU can hold it, I think they get in. Um and then I think probably Tennessee, because I think Alabama's now officially out. Like they're not coming in, which is great. To get them yeah, because they have two losses. Yeah, they're, they're not they have two losses. I don't think LSU is going to get in either. I think it's going to be mm. probably Tennessee, Georgia, winner of uh, Michigan and Ohio State. And as long as they don't falter TCU, they'll probably be the third seed or the right. fourth so, seed. But here's the thing. Um, uh, so, like, what's going to end up happening, though, is you're going to have two SEC teams, which seems to happen a lot. But what about some of these other like nine and one teams that were pretty high up there? I, I don't know, like Clemson's nine and one, but I guess the ten, Tennessee schedule because they're in the SEC just ranks so much more, I guess, than uh, Clemson and better wins too. Like Clemson, really, other than right. like Clemson, they're the best team in their conference. Like it used to be, Florida State was pretty good. Um, but they really don't have a lot of competition in the ACC. Like the Big 12 is pretty good, right. so that's why Michigan and Ohio State are so high. Because Penn State's pretty decent. They're not great this year, but they're pretty decent. Um, sometimes Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's been great this year, but Wisconsin can be pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, they're just – the Big 12 is pretty good. The SEC is definitely, the you know, a great conference, of course. But, but right. yeah, it's – that's kind of uh, – um, I guess there's one thing I would mention like college related is I watched the Pitt Mountaineer um, basketball game on Friday. And that was fun because we beat by Pitt again by a lot and it looked close at first. Nice. And then we came around and beat them by like, I think 24 points. It was fantastic. And it was at Pitt. Nice. So uh, that was great. Such a good yeah, feeling. I haven't, I haven't even started paying attention to college basketball yet. There's just too much going on. And now we got the world cup coming soon. So if, uh, I don't know. Um, but, but in the NBA, I just want to say, like, sometimes – I'll give you – All right. I'm going to go over that, but not by much. Sometimes the best thing to happen in the NBA or for, the best thing to happen for a team is to lose somebody that forces you to step up. For example, Embiid. Embiid had 50-something points the other night. And since Harden has gone out, you have seen Embiid become dominant offensively, defensively, and he has played like – obviously, it's still early in the season. But early in the season, you know, I kept saying he's not aggressive. He's far too passive. He could dominate the paint. He's not. The dude is – not only is he dumb, is he playing a lot less passive with, with Harden out, but he's getting in the paint a lot more and a lot so 
He's d- rebound. Like, dude, just Harden missing some games, I think, has been the best thing to happen for them. At least early. Obviously, it's early, but early in the season. With that, also, as much as I don't like them, one of the best things to happen to the Nets this time around has been Kyrie's craziness because Durant has really stepped up and they've looked better, even though they, they've looked better, but then they lost to the Lakers. <laughs> they lost. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. The Lakers have been they, this year. Ugh. But in general, um, him sitting down has been good for, for the Nets. Which I I think that anyways, but uh, but yeah, like it's that's been kind of crazy. Uh, other than that, uh, I mentioned it to you the other day, but Luca is on track right now. Again, it's very early, but he is on track for an MVP season. So many thirty plus games. He's already had a few triple doubles, and one of the be- and one of the good things is they like I. I heard the last few games that they've won, they've mentioned, like the announcers and analysts have mentioned how it's it seems to be a little less all on his shoulders. Like they had two games that they lost, and he was looking a little tired. And so then they came into the third game, and he was looking tired. But the other guys were able to step. Like, so he's got like Dinwiddie and Hardaway, and Woods, and they've been stepping up, so it's not all on him. And he's such a good passer. And so with them stepping up, and whereas like last year was mainly just Brunson, especially when Hardaway got hurt. Uh, so it was mainly just Brunson, but they've really been stepping up. So just which is just helping his en route to right now MVP looking season. Uh, though I will say that. When we first started recording tonight, they were destroying the Clippers. And now there's three minutes and 28 seconds in the fourth quarter, and it's 91 to 89 Clippers. I haven't been paying much attention because we've been talking. But right now, they are struggling to win a game. They were up. Maybe the defensive side again. Right, which is crazy because there's been some games that they've played so well on defense and that's one of the things that kids really good at and really stepped up for them last year was Maverick's defense improved last year. So because I haven't been really paying attention, I'm not sure what caused uh, the, the Clippers to make this run, but they have, they've come back. Like it was like 50 or 60 something to 30 something, dude. Yeah, that is pretty wild. But we do need to put yeah. a bow on this pretty soon, just because we have still Black Panther to go out of bounds with as well. So yeah, I'm, I mean, we don't have to do that tonight, but if you want to, um... yeah. Um, the only thing I wanted to say, uh, kind of like a uh, few thoughts, is uh, uh, Embiid. I think having Harden there, not hogging the ball and doing Harden things with the ball, I think allows him to play um, more you know, in control. And I think that helps their team a lot. Like, I think that's what needs to yes. happen. So, yeah. Which um, I think Harden is for that. I, I honestly, I put it on Embiid. I think because even when he was getting the ball, he wasn't dominating the paint. He was, he was hanging outside more as a guard. 
So it's like even when Harden had when even when Harden's with him in playing, post up. Agree, for sure, definitely, definitely have to you do know? that. And so he can do that with Harden. Uh, but yeah, so I mean that's the main thing. Other than that, uh, NBA's been in the NBA. You know the Lakers are still terrible. I just thought it was hilarious that they beat the Nets, especially since the Nets had been was looking like they were on the up and then to lose to, in my opinion, the worst team in the NBA. Hold up now. Maybe (laughs) definitely looks bad though. I don't know about the worst, but definitely, definitely bad. Um, But fricking Anthony Davis has been stepping up with LeBron out. So again, people out causing people to step up recently, just very recently. Anthony Davis has been playing very dominant. So. Agree. Let's jump to music just because we're uh, limited on time. And the reason why is because uh, we're recording tonight because someone fell asleep last night. till (laughs) he said time. I still woke up at 1030. And that's why I was like, I didn't fall a quick one. And then just, I didn't fall asleep to like 10. Yeah. So um, I'm going to see Turnstile tomorrow. Uh, Finally, the day is here. Uh, Turnstile and Snail Mail. um, My date is tomorrow. I can't wait. And um, I I just want to make sure I get sleep and everything because I have to get up and shower and make sure I have, like, clothes. Because I'm not not coming home, like, after work. I'm just leaving from work. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that show. Uh, I mentioned, as I posted a tweet earlier, that – I've checked out the set list for each band. It looks like Turnstile is doing 18 songs. Snail Mail is doing 10. Um, I know Snail Mail recently stocked with some cool socks uh, that they did via Carpet Company, the uh, Baltimore-based um, uh, clothing brand. And I, I definitely want to get a pair of those. Um, I hope that the pink and gold split color uh variants it's the tour variant for snail mail is there i don't know i know it was on the the headlining run but i don't know about this uh turnstile run at all so that's kind of like well i definitely know the socks are there so i'd like to get that i don't know if i'm gonna get any shirts from anybody definitely not a turnstile hoodie i know they have a brown one but i have a i have a pink one and i have a green one i don't want to get a third turnstile hoodie (laughs) no yeah that's a little very similar yeah that's a little excessive i um I will say when I saw Snail Mail, they had no merch, period. Yeah, I, I know they're having merch this time. I mean, obviously being a headlining tour, but it's in a really good venue. Um, it's indoors. Obviously, it's going to be like cold as hell tomorrow. It's going to be like 35 degrees or something around like when, when I'm heading up to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I'm glad it's indoors. Uh, that will be nice. Um I don't know how much of the opener I'm going to miss just because of work. Like, even if I get out at 4.30 tomorrow, um, by the time, like, fighting through traffic, like, to get in the city and everything, I think doors open at 6. So my guess is show starts at 7 or maybe a little after 7. So I probably will miss most of the opener, which I don't really care that much. It's not a big deal. I mainly just want to check out some merch, maybe grab a beer or something like that, and then just enjoy the show. And uh, also shout out to Turnstile getting three Grammy noms today. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to mention the Grammys. So. 
Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about them tonight, and it was nice to kind of transition uh, from them. So there are some things about the Grammys this year that I really liked. Um, Turnstile getting nominated uh, for, let's see, Best Rock Performance, Best Metal Performance, and Best Rock Song. So very interesting. They are not a metal band. Yeah, it, it was. It was what. Also, Muse is under the best metal band, so that's also strange to me. Right. Yeah, like Grammys, get your crap together because that yeah. makes no sense. The others do, but metal. Yes. I love Turnstile, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but um, so the the Grammys are weird. I feel like they can't get some of the things right that they should be getting right, and I feel like. And it's not like I want to shout out. First, I want to give the, the good shout outs. So I want to say shout out to Turnstile for three Grammy nobs. That's awesome. Love that record so much. That's I'm very very excited to to see it. And then of course here's Snellmel, even though she didn't get nominated or anything. Uh, Wet Leg surprisingly had at least two nominations or three nominations. One being the recording of that album, the production on it. Um, one being best new artist. And I think they had another one in there as well. So I think they had three noms for Wet Leg, which is kind of surprising. I didn't expect that at all. Great, great, great for them. I love that record. It's going to be high on my list. I'm just going to give you a heads up. That's going to make somewhere on my year. Yeah, I think every, I think any listener we've had that's paid attention knew that. <laughs> and then I want to give a shout out uh, as far as like things that stood out to me uh, being positives. Your boy Tobey Nwigwe getting nominated for Best New Artist. I think that's the only nomination he got in the entire category. Yeah, that's wild. Dude, I'm telling you, he has been making waves the last few years. And so I'm super excited for him. I bet you that goes to I, – I bet it would go to Wet Leg before it goes to him. But. I think it – that's that's the weird part I want to talk. So I don't want to dive into it yet. The other not thing I want to go is is for you as well, and it's a shout-out to your girl and your song about damn time by Lizzo. She just got a ton of nominations. I think she has like seven maybe. And that song is nominated a lot, which I know you love that song. It was on one of the heater playlists we did. So yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, your girl Lizzo for getting a ton of Grammy knob. Yeah. Great song. Great album in general. Like that whole album is good. I don't know if there's a single skip on that album. And I know I've been fanboying it. But I'm not, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. It's just so well done. And I love the fact that in like a genre area of like hip, like, like she mixes hip hop, R&B and pop. It's definitely, you know, like all of those is inside of a pop umbrella. In my mind, I would say as the main thing. Yeah, so, me too. Pop and then influenced by, let's say, like hip-hop. Right. Great, greatly influenced by those. But it, a lot of artists in those genres, like, they may write a little bit, but she has, a, I would say she has a lot more control in the writing. And that's one of the things I like, too. You know, like, uh, that, that so much of that is her. Is her. Obviously, she has a team. But she she is very much a songwriter of crafts. She crafts those songs really, really well. So I love it. She's just I just think she is so talented. And I'm reminded of someone told me 
because I was talking about that album and I'll be quick, I promise. But I'll talk about that album when I bought it. And I was telling the guy that worked at Tone Vendor how good I thought it was, you know, in the same spiel of like, this is not normally in my wheelhouse, you know, but it's just, it's really, really good. And, and he said that years ago, he said he hadn't paid attention to this album, but he probably, but maybe he should, because he said years ago, there was some show where they would have people just coming up and like freestyle. And he said, he remembered like, she just like hands down blew away the competition, just like freestyle rap, just killed it. Like just, he saw then like how talented she was. That's pretty cool. Yeah. She's just very, very talented. She's definitely, I I think she'll definitely win something. It would be a snub. Oh, she doesn't win something. Yeah, I, I think she will too. Like, I would be completely shocked. So those are my like my uh, like like good nods. Like that, I was like, okay, I think that's pretty cool. Or like, oh, and one of the one was uh, which I agree with. I like it. I thought it was really cool packaging already. But Under Oath getting uh, nominated for uh, best packaging for Voyager. is that what it I was? Cool. I, yeah, that's the Grammy nom. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And no, no performance. It is cool, just, but just come album. on, like it's a good album. Yep, just packaging, which I thought was cool. I like the design. I love the like the uh, lenticular cover and everything. Right, and the ones like animated. Yeah, so that was that was kind of so. Those are my the thing for me is, um, and I'm going to talk about. I'm going to look up best new artist, so you can kind of see where I'm going here with it. When I look at the best new artist category, now they they have changed it. I don't know, probably the last at least two years, like this year and last year, and I think maybe even three years. Uh, they've done broader categories for the top five categories so that would be like your song of the year record of the year album of the year um best new artist those are your top four i'm sorry your big four categories i might be missing one but i think those are those are the main grammys and they included usually i think do up to 10 nominations now in either category kind of like the best picture they now do 10 uh to kind of make sure everything's kind of included so I looked at the best new artist list and I was absolutely flabbergasted that I don't know a lot of those artists. That's why I told you to look it up because I, I legit think Toby has a shot because I, I still, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards wet leg, but I don't know for sure, but it just seemed like that was such a weird array of artists to have in best new artists. Cause I feel like that I, I'm someone who listens to a lot of different music and I don't know a lot of those artists. That's what I found surprising because it's not like there's there's a lot of people that we know um, that don't listen to a lot of new, newer music. Um, and I even know people like now. Nah, I like what I like. You know, I don't listen. To, I don't search out new things or something like that. And I feel like that I should know. I'm not saying everyone because you know there might be a genre like country. Like I'm not maybe not know a country new artist or something. But like I looked at that new artist list of like ten, and I was like. I don't know a lot of these people, and that's weird. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I googled it, and it came up with last year's. Yeah, so, let me. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and uh, send you a link. But that was something weird for me. Um, we already kind of talked about how turnstile the metal. I mean, I guess, I guess I understand it to a degree. Um, 
for uh, the metal performance. I mean, I'm not like tied to it or anything by any means, but uh, yeah, it was kind of strange. Um, punk, like if it was called punk, yeah. Um, yeah, there's rock. no punk, Grammy. Alternative, uh, alternative. Yeah, alternative uh, or rock makes I'll send sense. You, I'll send you this. This actually isn't the list, but it ha- if you scroll through them, it will have all of the um, the artists in it. And I'm very sure, like, I've heard of some of them, but I just, like, it was just very, very surprising. Um, the other thing is, I just thought the rap category, um, I, I feel like it was more of a, Like it's weird. Like Jack Harlow. Like Jack Harlow isn't very good. <laughs> like we've we we, we no. kind of discussed him in a previous. Like usually, like should I give him a listen? And I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, if you don't yeah. like Drake, I feel like Drake is better than Jack Harlow. But like that was just that's just surprising. He has so many nominations in rap when like he's not good. I'm just like it's fine if people like him. I mean, I mean, you know, anyone can like him. But I'm just like. If we're saying that this is like the best rap album, I feel like that you haven't listened to like good rap. Like you're telling me that Jid's album, which came out like when we were we were we were definitely in that was definitely in September. That definitely was before the deadline. You, you're telling me Jid wasn't wasn't on there. You're telling me that you couldn't have. Um, Vince Staples, which, you know, granted, that may not be best rap album, but, like, I would say that would be better than Jack Harlow. You're telling me you couldn't have um, uh, Earl Sweatshirt. So it, just, it just blows my mind that, like, there's so many, I thought, better albums, or even, like, the, yeah, I don't know, it just, that was kind of surprising for me, just looking at the rap categories. I feel like they go oddly commercial with it. Like, I feel, I don't know if they're really, like, listening to the rap categories as much as, like, okay yeah there's this like that uh god's plan song from dj khaled like i think dj khaled might have been nominated for best rap album like it was just weird stuff like that's that's the only thing that throws me off a little bit is some of the stuff they put in like the rap category as far as like being best like are you listening to rap do you have people that like actually listen to rap or it just isn't like shitty rap <laughs> so right yeah like you said I'm tr- I'm I haven't I'm going through the list now I haven't made it to rap but did, as I'm making my way so yeah God did by DJ Khalid featuring Rick Ross Lil Wayne Jay Z like that's a DJ album with guests on it how is that best rap performance it's singles or tracks like only it, best melodic like rap it's not, best rap song it's not it's like an okay song. I'm not saying it's like a terrible song. It's not terrible. I mean, there's definitely worse rap songs, but to say that's the best, like one of the best rap songs, if you're you're like, if you're nominated for like, you know, best rap song, you know, you're saying it's, it's, it's up there in the upper echelon. Like really this song. But yeah. So like best rap albums, God did. I never liked you by future. Come home. The kids miss you by Jack Harlow. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar, which that's totally hype. That is totally that. It's hype because to- it's not that, even his best right, album. That's not like I, it was good, and, but after the hype wore off, it's like okay, it's not that great. I'm very, I'm surprised Earl Sweatshirt's not on here for album because I know it's getting a lot of love from like best ofs. 
by the way, um, just real quick side, Mavericks just won 103-101. Yes. And uh, Oh, very nice. And, well, I don't know the whole box score, but uh, I think um, I'm pretty – Don Chick, I saw a stat. He had over 30 again, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like – and then it's almost dry by Pusha T. Those are the rap. That was actually the, pretty good. Those that are the best rap albums. Sure. Also, I feel like the Grammys stop nom- – so first off, one of the things is they look at last year. And then they they must yeah. stop the nominees pretty early because like it's it runs through sometime in October like it's it, it you know picks it like they most call it like the end of September so you can release something in like in October of this year and it be nominated for the Grammys next year if that makes sense like the twenty twenty four Grammys because it's after right the which cutoff. is that's that's how Turnstile got on there because yeah. their album came. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like Kendrick's gonna win. Like it's funny because a lot of his a lot of his nominations because he got like best song and I think even record or song of the year and it was for the heart part five which isn't on any of the record uh, on any you know Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I feel like he's gonna win like those rap albums and I feel like that that's like probably one of his in my opinion one of his worst records. It's definitely not the worst. As far as like if we're looking at all of us, like I still think Good Kid, Mad City is his best. Like I think it holds up over time and everything. I think Damn is really really good, and I also think that um, the Pimple Butterfly, all, those all beat it. Which I guess like <laughs> I pretty much put almost every album ahead of that one. But it's like you're telling me, I and mean, he's gonna clean up with it. Like I know he is. I feel like they're gonna just like, well, we didn't give you the rap album this one year, so we're gonna give it to you now. I don't know. It just right. It just seems wild, some of the categories. And, like, I, I explained I, – I, I exasperated to you today ABBA for best album of the year. ABBA in 2022. You're saying ABBA had one of the best – an album I didn't even know was released this right. year. You're saying is, like, right. an album of the year. ABBA. ABBA. Whereas – Fucking Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas now, like – uh, Bruce Springsteen put out a new album this past week, so it's too late for the Grammys, and I haven't listened to it yeah. yet. But I could see, I mean, he is still relevant enough in my mind that he could get a nomination. But ABBA? ABBA, that's just wild. And Adele, right. Adele has a ton of nominations, which is yes. really, I, I mean, it's... It's a very depressing record. I mean, I mean, I mean that, yeah, but that doesn't uh, mean it's not good. Yeah, it's just like at this, I, I, at this point, like I feel like, and, and I, I think she has a fantastic voice and everything, but it's always the same. Like I, that's anything I, I hate when I hate to see artists get stuck in a rut of like releasing the same record or not being adventurous enough or taking risks on records. Personally. It's kind of like the August Burns Red. Like August Burns Red just does the same album every time. Like it's okay. It's just the same record. And I feel like Adele is in that cycle now. Like it's okay. It's an Adele record. There might be a really good song from it, but it's like every record sounds the same. It doesn't. Nothing catches you off guard now. And I, I don't know. I just, I like to mix it up. And I, I, I just feel like the, especially if you're doing something creative, like I don't know how you can always stay in the same kind of lane and not ever be adventurous. Um, 
but Lizzo, like I said, has also has album of the year too. I see her on that. So there's a ton there. She does. Um, Beyonce does. I could. I I yeah. hope it goes. I mean, there's some others that are good. I hope it goes to Lizzo. No surprise, uh, listeners, to get that. I hope it goes to Lizzo. Uh, and there's definitely some other people that would warrant a very a very good argument for again. Um, Kendrick's album is on that too, uh, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, to jump back though to what you to what you were saying about new artists, looking at that list, I don't know a lot of them either. And I, even if I don't listen, I it's pay really attention. Strange. I thought really well. Uh, this category recognizes an artist whose eligibility year release achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness and notably impacted the musical landscape. So let me give this caveat. While I feel like I pay a good attention and I feel like you pay good attention, maybe we just missed it because we both do listen to a lot of what people would consider underground. We do definitely listen to a lot of that. So maybe we just miss them, but I don't, but yeah. So I, eight artists. I recognize like that's, I recognize, I I recognize that main skin band. I don't know how it's pronounced. I I know they have a song on the radio. I'm not impressed by them. They're from somewhere in Europe. That's, that's just my own personal taste. It's fine. But I've never heard of Domi and JD Beck. Who the hell is that? Me neither. Nope. Anita. Who's Anita. I'm not, I don't know Anita. I know who Omar Apollo is. I have not listened. I don't I have, know that. Oh, I think it's one person. I could be wrong, but I think that's a, I know that I've seen the name. I yeah, have I not think... listened, but I have seen the name. Mooney Long? Who's no, Mooney Long? I don't Long? know that one. Molly Tuttle? Molly Turtle, Tuttle, sorry, not Turtle. Molly Tuttle, that is a name I have seen. I have not listened, but I have seen. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Wet Leg. Tobey, who is Samara Joy? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah, it's just so, like they're making an impact. You're saying that by best new artists, they're making an impact. Like in years past, I would say there would be like a front runner. I literally look at this list. I can't tell you one front runner. That's on like I think Toby actually has probably I would say probably one of the best shots to win it, and that's really strange. I would love to see him do that. I don't. I would love to see him win it. And when I say him, it's really him and fat and they have a team they really have a team of what they do because and they've really turned it into an experience but then also the songs are are really good but i would love to see him win it based on our listening and what we know because again it this could just be our fault that we listen to underground so much that we don't know these it um we could be just completely missed the boat on some of these like again I have definitely seen Molly Tuttle and I have seen Omar Apollo. I have not listened, but I've seen those names. Uh, so it could just be our fault for just still being too much in our own wheelhouse. And we listen to a lot of bands that the Grammys aren't noticing or, you know, cause they're still so underground, but I, my money is on wet leg. I think that if I had to say, like, I think this person, you know, this artist could win, I still think I probably would lean there direct. Like, if you want me to put my money on it, I'm going to put my money there. I feel like it's the safest there. Um, 
when I I didn't realize that like when I was scrolling through how many nominations they actually do have, I think they might have six. That's what I wanted to see. They have five. Five nominations, which is impressive for a band that literally only has one album out. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. Wild. And that's another reason why I'm why I would say they probably got a good shot at winning it because to have that much that big of a splash in the Grammys, five nominations, I could see that I could that almost warrants uh, winning best new artist when you have that many nominations. So that's why I really think it's probably going to go to them. And I'm not saying it's not warranted. It's very, very good. Uh, and also, like, there's still a lot of people out there that just don't listen to rap. So there's, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of rap, you know. So so I think I think that could hurt him too. Uh, just uh, Tobey, that is. Um, and this is his only nomination. Mm-hmm. So it almost, uh, like, it's almost warranted for Wet Leg to have that many nominations and, th- and to get Best New Artist. But I would love to see Tobey get it for sure. Uh, also, with that, just to, um, real quick, you know, like their song, I still have, I've not listened to the actual track, but I immediately was able to pick up without ever hearing the song. Like, oh, this is the Tobe track that's on the Wakanda Forever soundtrack because I picked, I was able to pick up like, oh, that's Fat's voice when she was rapping before I even heard Tobe. Now he may have been on first mm-hmm. and I just missed it because I was watching the movie. But when, when it, when, when Fat started rapping, I was like, oh, this is the Tobe track. And, and then I was paying attention. So I definitely heard when he picked up, when he came on. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm just super stoked that they're on that. That's really, that's, I just love the dude. I think what they're, it's hard to just say him. It is him, but it's so much a combined thing. And she's on almost every track now too. And she's so good. So it's all, it very much is a team effort. It's almost like they're a duo at this point uh, in a lot of ways. So I would love to see Tobey get best new artist. So, and I'm very stoked that they're on the Wakanda forever uh, soundtrack. And he might play because a lot of the time they do have a lot of new artists play, if not all of them, to kind of like introduce them. And that would be pretty wild. I mean, it definitely would be like, oh, okay, maybe I've heard some of these songs. But like just looking at the names, there is two I recognize for sure that I knew that I listened to. And I've heard, like I said, that main scanner. And I might even be mispronouncing the name because it's like, I think they're from Sweden or something. I've heard of the name. I know they have at least one to two songs popular on the radio, but <laughs> that's all I know. Um, but I do want to know because I, I was I saw your post in the um, the BC Movies group, and you call Black Panther is a movie I watched. So I'm kind of curious to hear your take on it. Okay, so well, before we jump out, just real real quick. Um, there was some releases worth paying attention to this past. Oh no, we'll circle back around. We're we're in the Black Panther like area, like if we mentioned Tobey. So like, let's just I want to roll into it because so, I didn't recognize the song. I'll actually have to go back and listen to it on Spotify because I didn't listen to it prior, and so um, I didn't recognize when either one jumped on. So I'll I'll go back and listen to that song on my own. 
yeah, again, I, I, I only recognize it because I, I know their voices and I recognize her voice, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you where it was. It was uh, real quick. We're going to, we are going to, spoilers. spoilers. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this movie. So if you don't want to hear about Black Panther, I'm probably 10 minutes ahead. Yeah. Like, yeah, at least 15, maybe um, yeah, at least 10. If you hear us talking about Panther, go another five. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, it's the scene where they're, where they are breaking the college student out and they're driving. So they're, okay. uh, so I know yeah, Shuri, about, Shuri's on the, the motorcycle and, and uh, and the and the young girl that becomes Ironheart is flying in her suit, and also mm-hmm. and then what's the other lady's name? Oh shit, she's got an Iron right. Man costume. What's the other lady's name? <laughs> um, I, I, I I'm sorry, I don't remember her character's name, but I'm blanking. She, I think she was in I Walking Dead. I think that's the the actress that was in Walking Dead. I'm just blanking right now. I apologize yeah. to her because she's a great actor and she does a great job in the film. And I know the name. I'm just blanking on it, but. But she, uh, she's driving. She can't blend in as well. She's driving the car. Yeah, that was that's an inside joke from the movie. So <laughs> yeah. she's she's driving the car. So that's the scene when they're doing that like road chase scene. That song that is playing is is the Tobey track. Okay. Yeah. So cool. um, okay. So let's dive into it. Awesome movie. I said what I said in the VC film group it's a facebook group that bc club members started years ago where we just talk about films so that's what that's that is the context listeners so i did it kind of to be a bit of a jerk um and then someone asked well what do you think about it and my response was no matter what i say people will say i'm not giving it enough love and people will say i'm giving it too much love so people just need to watch it for themselves uh, that's what, but, uh, because all I said was Wakanda forever is a movie. I spent my time watching this evening. <laughs> that was my post. I feel like the reason I asked that, because if I would say that about a movie, that would be my way of saying is like, well, like it is an album or, or like it is a movie I watched, you know, like that's my way of saying like, I don't want to, I don't want to get on it but I did watch it and maybe I didn't hate it, but I'd also don't want to critique it strongly. So that's why I was like, it's very, like, what did you it's mean? A, so it's a very cool. good movie. It's one of the better Marvel movies this year. Same. It may oh, be, it's, it's the best. I was going to say, it may be the best Marvel movie this year. Real quick. The, the only issue I had was this ends this phase, doesn't it? Sorry, sitting there mute button. It does. Uh, it ends phase. What is this four that just ended? Yeah. So five is next, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, and it did not tie in anything. How do you end a phase mm. without like answering anything or tying in anything about where they're headed? That's been my whole issue. With this whole that we've that I know that I've voiced to you, and and I know we've done on the podcast. Like I feel like this is a very aimless phase where there's been no direction other than we know Kang is the big bad. We think we'll put it that way. We think that he's the big we bad. Think. We know he's going to be been... the bad of 
Quantumania, which comes out in February. So in three months, we might get some more direction. But I mean, has has he been in a movie? He's no, he's only been in it. He's been referred to maybe in a movie, but he's definitely been in the TV show uh, for Loki season. That was yeah, that was his only real mainstay. Yeah, I don't think he's ever even appeared like in a stinger. Yeah, I think that's the only thing I've seen him is the Quantumania trailer, and then of course, um, Loki, the last episode of Loki. Which I can't think of the actor's name right now, but the dude playing Kang is like blowing up right now. He's awesome. He's great, great actor, and he has so, so many good. movies coming out. He is the basically the bad guy in the new Creed movie that's coming out. And Creed one, Creed two were both incredible. So I'm sure I expect Creed three to be incredible. And so he's the main bad guy in it. He's in the new war movie coming out uh, based on a true story. He's the first um, African-American fighter pilot. Uh, So, yeah, like he's blowing up. And he was in that HBO show. That's where I I don't know if that's where he first got like his big, big break. Yes. Yes. Um, A show that like maybe his first major role. Yeah. That the uh Lovecraft Country, right? Yeah, Lovecraft. Country. That should have been picked up again. I was, I really enjoyed that show, and I'm very. Anyone sees it? Yeah, I'm very surprised it got canceled. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, um, he's doing great things, and but he has been pretty well absent. So that's my. So aside from the movie itself, MCU, why did you not? in the, this phase with some kind of tying things together at all. They have set things up, I, but this movie, I don't even see how it set up anything. So the movie as a whole, I'm going to go for it as a whole first. So the way I described it to my okay. friends before listening to any podcast, before, like obviously before watching it, I haven't watched it a second time yet or anything. I definitely will is I think it's the, best marvel movie this year hands down because there's none that beat it like there just yeah. isn't um it's yeah it's better than thor it's better than the second uh dr strange. strange even though there are parts i liked about that movie a lot it definitely is better than dr strange um i don't know if i would <sighs> spider-man homecoming is tough because of so many emotions from that movie but it's still this was very emotional. To, it was, as far as being the overall movie, I thought maybe as a whole it might work. So maybe as a, as a movie is better, even though it's not perfect. I still liked Black Panther one a hair better. Uh, I think it culturally uh, was more impactful than Black Panther two, my opinion. But yes, I agree with that. I would say it's culturally more. I don't know that it. If if I would say, lay out all the Marvel movies that have been created um not just this year but in general i would like if there's i don't know how many there have been uh, right now let's say there have been like 30 movies it definitely be in the upper echelon so it's definitely going to be in the the top 15 you know the the top half and i would say of that top half it's probably going to be I don't know if it's going to be in the top 25% of like if overall of all the movies they've done, but maybe the top 30%. I'll give it, I'll go there. Cause like, I'm thinking like there's been some really, really good ones that I know it's not going to beat. Cause this one isn't perfect by any means, but it's very good. And I think for 
the chance of failure, you know, obviously losing Chadwick Boseman just as a person is terrible, but let alone as the driving force behind the movie and the series is awful as well. And recovering from that as they did or, or having that way over and be a heavy, uh, something that heavily impacts the movie itself, they handled it excellently. Like they just did an excellent job throughout the entire movie, I thought, handling that and really kind of like, it would have been better if he would have been in it, but at the same time, it worked very well, even though he was absent from it. Um, and that says a lot because it's a, that's a slippery slope, you know, heading into it. So that, I think that says a lot as well. Um, but overall, I think there are a few things like I didn't understand, like, I don't know why they brought uh, Joey Louis Dreyfus's character in the movie because she really didn't do a whole lot. Like she didn't like it wasn't like teasing um, the team that she's gonna be building for like a la- the Thunderbolts for like the movie or anything. It didn't tie that in, right? I think it, she was kind of there, my, and that was kind of yeah. Weird. My my guess is it's just tying her in as hey, she is gonna be important. So she's been in a few things. And I think that's my, that's my, I'm with you. I don't think she played a big role. I don't think it was net. I don't, the scenes with her could have been cut out. Exactly. I, I just, they just didn't make the movie better. They didn't add right. to the movie. It just was like kind of there. Right. Some of it was a little funny, but uh, I think that's more of she is going like, she, cause obviously we know the Thunderbolts are coming and things like that. So she is going to play a bigger role in the future, maybe that hopefully in the near future. Uh, so I think it's more that it's just giving her a little more screen time uh, for that reason. So people are familiar with her, but I, I felt like if you're going to do that, I'd rather see her in a stinger or at least have a not like, it doesn't need to be like mass important role in this movie or anything, but like, at least it kind of ties in it like it didn't really tie into too much of anything in the movie like you definitely didn't need her there and i felt like at least if you're going to bring her in at least make her tie into like in some way so that was definitely a criticism i have um there was a little bit of fat like it's a little bit of fat on this movie that i just would have probably taken out yes um i thought that uh the actor that played namor did a great job on the character because namor as i i was telling my friends like namor is not necessarily a villain but he's not necessarily good guy either in the comics he's more of like a middle ground he's trying to protect his country or you know atlantis is in the comics is what his country is so he right he was from atlantis in the comics and this he what was it uh sort of the t yes i'll look it up sorry yeah no you're fine i i yeah, but like he's trying to protect his home basically. Like and that's understandable. So he's yes. not like either side. He's just trying to do what's best for his home and his land and his people. And so I thought he was great. And so I look forward to him being in it again because he could go either side. He's he almost reminded me of a Loki in a way. Where Loki could be good, he could be bad. He kind of just like Loki though, rather than, you know, his people or anything. He's mainly about himself. But uh, I liked it, and he, I thought, did an excellent job with the role. Um, he may, in my opinion, may have done the best. He That is one of the best 
because for this movie he is the villain that is one of the yeah. best yeah his role is the villain yeah and that is one of the best villain roles i've ever seen because like you understand like like you're almost rooting for this guy and it i mean like you could definitely sympathize him like especially yeah. when they're showing you his land like right. you know, they're under sea and he's showing um uh you know like hey here's my here are my people and everything it's like okay you feel for this character like he's not doing it out of like intentions he just wants to keep people away so they don't like rob his country you know his his people and he did an excellent job of like you don't like you're not cheering against him you're not cheering for him like he did a very good job of like towing that line of, kind of like I said, almost being like an anti-hero. That's that's exactly that's why I didn't use that word because that's why I yeah. used him on Sunday when we have to see it. Is he's an anti-hero? He's not someone you know that's a hero. He's not a villain. He's just kind of like towing the line, and he did an excellent job. Like he, I thought had the best. Um, I thought he did the best out of, of everyone as far as like the characters. Like I, I can't wait to see him in other things. I'm kind of curious how he's going to tie in because they got to bring him back because he's right. awesome. Oh yeah, they I mean Namor is one of the oldest Marvel characters. So Yeah, uh from from the Ringer podcast, he's like I think one of the original 3 Marvel characters, which is crazy to me. He's the original mutant. And and I'll be honest, Namor's like one of those characters I could give a shit about and he brought so much to the table there. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. I kind of want to see him in other things now." Right. So he so he's done some other stuff that haven't that I also hadn't followed. I think he was in Narcos, which was a popular show. I, I want to. Yeah. Yes, he was in Narcos, and I know that was a popular show for for a good bit of people, but I didn't watch it. So he was relatively unknown to me too. So his, if I pronounce his name correctly, I'm looking at the IMDb. If I pronounce his name correctly, it's Tanak Huerta, and he was incredible and there was other good acting but he was incredible yeah um and the movie as a whole like it had incredible expect high expectations because it's the second black panther movie also of course they had the whole everything with chad chadwick boseman passing so how are they going to handle that? Uh, you know, like all of these things. So much heavy. It was lifting. very that Marvel, that Marvel scene where they like after like that like opening sequence where it cut to like the Marvel was all purple and it showed like all the Chadwick scenes. And that was right, which they, that was very like right. I didn't even want to make noise during that. I was eating my sweethearts. <laughs> right. So <laughs> which like, anyone that watches Marvel films, you know that they do this. They they give like the Marvel films logo and inside that logo they do quick scenes as the logo is like flying across the screen they do quick scenes of just marvel characters well for this it was all chadwick boseman that's what it was it was all chadwick boseman from black panther and there was just all and just chadwick boseman and yeah it was it was like a moment of silence because isn't there normally music it, yeah and it was so quiet like you heard the comic book pages turning um for on on screen but like i was eating sweet tarts as the movie opened and and uh like during that scene i was like i can't crunch i had like three sweet tarts i just kind of held in my mouth because no one in the theater i don't know if it was out of reverence right, was, or just like 
my people... guess is it's yeah my guess is out of reverence because definitely it was much it was much quieter than the than the other marvel films for what i remember yeah it was it was it was just great and like i said like how, how that was just it was a very tall task all things considered and they executed and pulled it off well right they like they so they have him at the very beginning of the movie uh there you have shuri trying to find so basically all of the plants that gives the it gives the power to the black panther have been eradicated by um killmonger who's also dead so all of them have been eradicated and so chad chadwick boseman's character t'challa is di- is dying of some disease is what you're being told and shuri is in the lab trying to recreate the i forget what they call it the herb like the purple herb um they're trying to recreate she's trying to recreate that to save him and it doesn't work and uh angela bassett's character uh, the queen comes and tells Shuri that her brother is dead. And which is, I mean, he died of cancer. He died of disease in real life. So I think they, they did a really good job of like, you felt that in a way as a, like they did. I felt like they did a really good job of paying reverence and, and obviously a heart wrenching way to his, to his actual passing. Uh, so they have to carry all that. And then, like the first half of the movie is very Angela Bassett as as the queen. Yeah, it's very much she's carrying the movie. Who also did a great job, uh, pl- yeah, playing that role as Queen Ramonda. And you know, she has to stand up against other countries because other countries are like are big or like really demanding that um, that Wakanda shares the vibranium and she's saying no and like they and she silences everybody by it's like what is it nato a meeting of nato or a meeting of the united nations basically yeah it's basically what nato would be you know right so they're asking these different countries one of them being france and then she says she said she said y'all are already trying to take this from us and then as proof the uh the lady, the lady soldiers of Wakanda bring in these mercenaries, and I believe they were French mercenaries. Correct? You're right. But um, they and they bring in these mercenaries. It's like, and they just give them back to them. They could have like killed them and didn't. Instead, they captured them and bring them back. And she does it right there in that meeting. Like this, these people. We were just attacked by people. And here they are. And if this happens again, it's going to be much worse. And so, like, she's carrying the power of it while also trying to connect with Shuri, who is very much having a hard time. And then Namor appears and, like, gets in the queen's face. You can see how, like, he is not afraid of anyone. You know, very, like, dominant. But then you see a softer side of him later in the film where he takes Shuri to his kingdom underwater and and you really get you get basically his origin story of how he his people 
uh, came to be because they also have vibranium, vibranium. And that's the whole point is because Wakanda has has now announced vibranium to the world. Everybody wants it. And so now they're looking for it where we in my in my kingdom and so because of wakanda my kingdom is now in grave risk because of what you have done so this is on you and all it's just and then over time it turns to being less about the queen and much more about shuri's story and also like Oh, it's so good. I feel bad for her because she's lost her, like, in, well, like, two movies in a scene, she's lost her father, she's lost her brother, then she lost her mother. It's like, geez, man, this is, like, loss on loss on loss. Yeah, and one thing that I think a lot of people were thinking might happen, and I thought might happen, too, was, okay, are Wakanda and Namor's kingdom going to like team up? Is it going to start out adversaries and then them team up? And that did not happen. The whole movie is just fight the, those two fighting. Uh, so which I mean, that was, that was always just a theory, you know, but I definitely could have seen them going that route because in the MCU, Namor is not going to stay all bad. I don't think um, so, but, I, it was just a great movie overall. I thought Shuri did a great mm-hmm. job. Spoiler, she becomes the Black Panther. I think everyone was kind of expecting that because that yeah. that happened in the comics. That is Yeah, I I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. Either no. they weren't going to have the Black Panther or she was going to take up the mantle. I think was the most anticipated like either things were going to happen. Either one of those. Yes, and uh, yeah, I just thought they did a great job of making it a of carrying on the movie. The again, some of the acting is superb. The the like the way they did the stories of the characters, you know, obviously with like that fan, Wakanda and those family members dealing with Chala's death and then moving on, and then the way they brought in Namor and his kingdom. Like doing his origin story to the point that you kind of really feel for it, feel for him was just was really really good. I thought some of the fighting was also really good, uh, just some really cool stuff. And but to do all that in a movie that already you knew was going to have such an emotional weight to it again, like a lot of heavy lifting. And I think they did that really well. Really really good story. Uh, and again, like I thought, the main uh, the main characters just did a great job, and also the creators of the movie did a very good job putting them on display while carrying all that. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it was just really awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it just excellent. I definitely can't wait to see it again because I know it'll probably be on Disney Plus first. So it's a movie when it comes out, I'll definitely watch it again. Absolutely. So. Most definitely, yeah, and and I don't, and that's also where I say like, so part of the problem is Black Panther had already happened and it was so good, and yes, culturally it was a bigger deal, most definitely, and obviously we are two white men, so we don't fully, we do not fully get the impact of what it was, but 
uh, but culturally it was a huge deal. So this just being the second movie, there's no way for it to, it would be almost impossible. I mean, now you have like the main heroes are women, which that's awesome, but there was already in Wakanda, uh, the high role of women, I think is already a big deal um, compared to a lot of other like superhero and like stories. And to have a whole kingdom where your main army is is women, even if your hero was a male being Black Panther, you know, like the soldiers and all are women for the most part. Like they are the guards and everything. That's mostly what your army's made up of. So this movie, obviously, without having a T'Challa, a male Black Panther, just even more is empowering for women. But still, just the fact that that movie had already happened culturally. I this movie no there's no there was no way for it to be as big of a deal I would say but that aside I think this may have been a better movie and I and and I just loved I loved the way it told the story while still being a comic book movie uh with having like the hero and the villain and like again the way they portrayed Namor in such a way that you really feel for him and you completely understand why he is against, he ends up being against Wakanda and the attack and the fight that happened. Oh yeah. It, like I you said, know? definitely upper echelon of Marvel, even just overall movies. Um, but I, like I said, I would have to write that, like look at the, all of the lists. Cause there's been so many that I don't remember. Like, Oh, you know, I'd say it's easy to say like, Oh yeah, this is top 10. And then you look at it you're like, Oh wow. There's like 10 really, really good ones, but excellent movie for sure. Like I, I definitely cannot wait to watch it again and just re- like catch things I didn't miss or catch things I missed rather, or analyze it more in a different way since you like have already seen it. But that's a movie I definitely will be watching again for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Did you cry? No, did not. Did you tear up? No. I teared up in the stinger. I did tear yeah. up. I did not. Little yeah, so. Child. Little child. Yeah, so what you end up hearing is that, or, or hearing, what you end up finding out is that T'Challa had a son. And they had, and you did not know that, but you find that out in the mid credit scene where he is introduced to Shuri. And he gives his, so he and his mom are living in, they call it Haiti or Haiti is how they pronounce it, which maybe that's more accurate, but you know, we, we, my whole life I've heard it is Haiti, but anyways, uh, that's where they're living. So he has a Haitian name and, but then he says to Shuri, I have a secret. My real name is T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. You know, so and and so like that whole scene was is what got me where I kind of I started to tear up a little. Definitely, there. the person next to me, uh, which I didn't know, uh, but I was sitting on like the end of our friend group that went and. Uh, the the woman I was sitting next to definitely cried during the stinger, like full on cried. I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> yeah, and also, I will say I am, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up 
later. I'm not going to try to do it now and bad podcasting because it may take a while. But from listening to the Ringerverse, the Midnight Boys, given their reaction to this movie, uh, what one of the points they've set made was the name, which I can't remember, and I apologize. That's why I'm saying I would look it up, but it will take too. It would probably take too long. Uh, but the name that he says his Haitian name is apparently a very important name yeah. in the history of Haiti. It was he was the leader of the. That was the, the only time that slaves have actually uh, have overthrown their their masters. Right, overthrown their their masters yes yeah and so that and so that's why that name is also just historically outside of fictional storytelling that is historically a very important haitian name which i didn't know that in the movie but now knowing that that's i think that's very cool that they added that in yeah i like that a lot so like his name is important uh and then to be like, actually, I am T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. So that's really, really cool. Which also goes to, that means they've recasted in a way. But, I mean, come on. A lot of people are mad saying you can't recast. But <laughs> I don't know. I will say also, I read some articles that uh, the family has been making Instagram posts and stuff. They are very much, uh, Bozeman's family is very much behind this movie. And apparently they had basically as much input as they wanted. Like uh, Ryan Coolidge and the makers of this movie were constantly like very in contact with the family through the process. Kugler, hmm? yeah, sorry. Uh, very yeah. much Kugler uh, and the, and the team were very much in contact with the Bozeman family about this movie and the making of this movie, wanting to do it justice to him and to them. So that's really. Um, we need to get close to finishing up just because it's getting kind of close and I want to make sure I get enough sleep for tonight. But yeah. I well, know you I wanted to, to go out of bounds. To... I know I'm <laughs> circling back. I'm going to bring it back to the music side. I, I don't have much, um, left that I want to see about music other than thank you for the reminder that I need to listen to the new He Is Legend record. I well, Not even a reminder. I didn't know it was out really until I saw Jeremy, Jeremy's post about it. And then you said something today. So I need to listen to it because I've yet to listen to it. So I know you want to talk about a few music releases. So I'm going to leave it up to you now. Okay. So yes. Uh, but but quickly is, leave it yes. up. Yes. He Is Legend released a new album, Endless Hallway. It's really good. It sounds like he is legend. If you know he is legend, it's really good. I've seen some people like, oh, this is my album of the year now. This is such an awesome heavy album. It is a heavy album. I, I'm not hearing that from it. It's very good. And if you like he is legend, I would expect you're going to like this album. But so like their last album was really heavy, like really kind of like edging into more metal for them. In my opinion, White Bat. Did you listen to that? Sorry, my my screen came on, so I had to put my face near it. But yes, I I like White Bat. I thought she was a pretty solid record. 
I thought it was really good. I kind of consider that maybe their heaviest. It's funny because, and... like, I really like a lot of their records. They're, like, even yeah. that one, uh, I think it's called Heavy Fruit. I like Heavy Fruit a lot, too. I remember that came out while I lived in L.A., and I, I was walking through the city one day listening to that record. And like, I like most of their stuff that they release, oddly. Yeah, so do I. And to me, White Bat may be their heaviest and their most metal-leaning. Whereas this album in comparison to that is not as heavy in my opinion and it's a lot more I, the best way i can describe it is i feel like it's a they're playing it a little safe on this album because while it's still heavy and while it's still kind of chaotic which they've been known for i mean you listen to like i am hollywood stuff like that it was super chaotic but there's a little less screaming i would say on this album i would say it's a little safer a little a little bit more accessible not than all the stuff they've done um, but just if you look at through their whole discography, this is more on their more accessible side. So it's a little less chaotic. It's heavy, but it's de- it's definitely not as heavy as White Bat was. And I just the best way I can describe it is they played it for He Is Legend. While it's still a heavy album, they've playing they're playing it a little safe on this album in comparison to you know to some of the others. And that's why I'm I'm like I don't think it's like the people I've seen saying it's their album of the year and all this stuff I was like, it's not that for me. And I don't, and I don't think like some people are like, Oh, it's their best album. I don't think it's their best album, uh, but it is very good. I've listened to the whole thing twice through, which isn't a lot, but twice. And it's a really good album. But um, I would say it's for them. It's a little, it's, I wanted them to at least be as chaotic and I would that's why I like them the most and I expected them to still be maybe not as heavy as White Bat but in the, in my mind they've kind of regressed from the direction they went on that album so yeah it's just a little safe and but it's still really good yeah so it's it's definitely especially if you're a He Is Legend fan it's definitely um, you definitely have to check it out. Endless Hallway. So it just came out. Uh, there's also a super group called LS Dunes. L S. Those initials and then Dunes. And it is a super group. So you've got Anthony Green on vocals. You have, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to have be able to remember all the names. But you got Anthony Green on, Google, uh, on vocals. You have a you have a member of Thursday in the band, a member of Coheed and Cambria in the band. And there's a fourth big band, uh, big band, and I'm just blanking right now because, like I said, I'm not doing, I'm doing poor and not having it in front of me. But it is a super group of that genre, and it's it's really it's a it's really really good post hardcore. Right, so that's a really good album. Um, LS Dunes, the name of the album is Past Lives, and there are five pieces, so there's someone else in it that and I, I'm blanking on it, but it's kind of like a super group of alternative post hardcore. Um, so I would say people should definitely check that out, uh, because it's a good one, and then also I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, Bruce Springsteen came out with a new album. And I mean, he's just an artist that, and 
in my world, he demands so much respect. As I mentioned earlier, you know, like it's too late to be on, to be like for Grammys or anything like that. But I could understand an artist that's been around as long as him to be getting a nod before someone like ABBA. But the name of that album is Only the Strong Survive. And uh, so that also released this week. And then also I love Tim Berry. So I always mention Tim Berry. He had, came out with a new album a few weeks back that I mentioned. He came out with an EP called Caroline's RV, which this past week I I ordered the his new album and this EP. So I'm getting both of those on vinyl. Uh, but that came out. There was some other stuff, but those are the main ones I wanted to mention were those, uh, those releases. So uh, definitely people should check those out for sure. I would like to report that I have uh, once again spilled shrimp water. <laughs> so I mentioned to you like on Sunday, like it leaked in the fridge. And so tonight it leaked on the counter and so i was just getting the air out of the bag so i could just throw it away you know what i'm saying like and it's literally all over my shirt now so that's fun so yeah <laughs> i've not had good luck with these shrimp man but gross that's disgusting yeah. um how has your have you started on your album of the year list really at all no but i pretty much know what's going to be on it um especially from going through um just updating my actual playlist i pretty much know what i would have on it outside of like maybe one or two i would maybe add to it and go through but um i have two weeks uh i would have this week and next week uh of albums to put on it so we'll see if anything comes out i i mean i've i doubt very seriously there's anything that would jump on it but yeah i'll definitely be getting it ready um here in the you know very short time frame and then i'll be like jamming those pretty much just to kind of get a feel for it like i definitely know some records are gonna make it like i know always is gonna be on it um beach house uh a record that i've just so full disclosure is i uh might have been on some drugs this weekend maybe i don't know maybe not i don't know i asked you if i could post but, that on the instagram story and you uh, didn't answer Oh, I didn't see, but yeah. Uh, but I listened, uh, one, a friend had uh, given me uh, trims when we were traveling. And so I may have taken them, I may not have, I don't know. But I definitely listened to Beach House over the weekend, which I was saving specifically for this weekend. And uh, that was quite an experience because, um, yeah, yeah, the record itself, like I was ready to dive into it lyrically and everything and as I was listening to it. So it was that. And then some just things like in life, um, not even intentionally, but kind of unintentionally being realized like through the record listening to it, like, oh, I'm kind of, you know, similar situation sometimes. And so kind of like that, uh, especially like in the song Superstar, that was something that I had never really read the lyrics for, but liked the song, but but I didn't, didn't know what the lyrics were that, you know, until I was reading them and reading about the song and everything. I was like, oh shit, it's like, life imitates art and then just kind of like it was a very nice like refreshing uh cleansing mentally cleansing uh experience just like the whole thing in general but listening to beach house uh was incredible uh during that time and i listened to daft punk um human after all and the other one i listened to was frank ocean blonde so 
those are the records I played and uh, Beach House was just love that record. And like I said, it's probably going to be towards the upper one. We've mentioned what like it's a bunch. Phenomenal. That's another one that's going to be probably pretty high for me. And then everything else is kind of kind of filling in and kind of see what what tracks. Like I said, Soccer Mommy. Surprisingly, a lot of songs on my playlist from Soccer Mommy. So that's a record that will probably be pretty high on there, to be honest. But yeah, feel free to share anything. Uh, that's that's totally fine on that on that on that page or whatnot. But that, like I said, that record I specifically saved because I've had it for like I think about two weeks now, and I specifically was like I'm holding this one for that Saturday. <laughs> that's the first time I want to experience this. This listening to it on vinyl, at least I want to experience it sitting down with it and going through the lyrics and everything. Love the box set. You have it. You talked me into the box set. The packaging. Yeah, like there's like this nice little leather that goes around. It has a little ribbon you can pull out to pull up your records and your lyric booklet and everything. There's a big bought up poster. But if you're going to buy that record, definitely get it that version because it's just super sick. Uh, it's worth the extra cash. Like I got mine for, I think, $43. Well, actually, might be, it was on sale, so it might have been a cheaper. It might have been because it, it was already the cheapest place that had it. Um. I think it was Comeback Vinyl where I purchased it and it was already the cheapest place of anywhere I've seen online. And then they had a 20% off sale. So I saved additional money. I think I might've paid $37 for the box. Set. It was actually really cheap. That's a Compared steal. To, yeah. It's like more like 50 to 55. Yeah. So I like, paid around 50 for it, which at the time I was like, do I want to pay this much? Do I want to pay this much? Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. And it was at Tone Vendor. So I'm like, if I'm going to spend that much, I'd rather do it there. They're awesome. So, yeah, it was totally worth it. That album is very likely going to be in my top 10. You know, I mentioned, you know, starting two weeks ago, I made a playlist and it's a ton of albums. Mm-hmm. And then I put it on shuffle every now and then starting this past week. I listen instead of just keeping it on shuffle, I would go and listen to a whole album. And so I've started cutting some stuff down. I still have others that I haven't taken off the list yet, like albums, but I know that they're, they're going to be off. I've made that decision. So I'm dwindling it down. And uh, again, Lisso is definitely in my top 10. Ethel Kane is definitely in my top 10. That Beach House is very likely in my top 10. I think as of today, I have cemented uh, Comeback Kids in my top 10. It's just that Heavy Steps is just such a great hardcore album. Um, and then from there, you know, I'm just willing it down. So I'm working on it. I'm not going to spend a ton, a ton of time talking about it. I did that last week, and we'll be talking about this more as it gets closer, obviously. But it's going to be some really hard decisions for me as when I, when I get towards my 10. I will say, even though the new Maggie Rogers album is not going to be in my top 10, I haven't deleted it yet uh, from that playlist just because there are so many there. I keep being like, oh, be cool. That's a good song. Ooh, this is a good song. Ooh, this is a good song. So I'm being reminded how good some of that tracks are. As an overall album, it's still, it's not going to make my top 10, but it's, it is, it would be in my top 20 because there are so many just stand out tracks that I'm being reminded of on that album. And then also, while the new Courtney Marie Andrews is not going to be in my top 10 either. And overall, that's not my favorite album by her. It's a little more poppy than some of her past releases, but it's still really good. And oh my gosh, um, there's one song. These are the good. 
these are the good old days. I actually, I put it on my personal Instagram story today. My goodness, that's just such a feel good song. Just such a good, just like great feel good. But yeah, there's some, there's been some amazing songs this year that I'm being reminded of as I'm going through that. Even though the albums as a whole doesn't stand out, there's some good songs out there to do it so yeah i'm excited to see what i come to and it's going to get really really difficult and the new demont kennedy comes out this week so that is the after after this week i'm going to cut off no albums after this week can be on my top 10 but i'm holding out because what i've heard like better days and some other singles that he's already put out that's on this album i really really like so sonder comes out this week and I'm holding out because that I'm a big fan of his and there's a good chance it would hit my top 10 too. So I gotta, I gotta give enough time of listening to it to warrant, to warrant it being on there, but it's just a late release this year. So after that, the cutoff this Friday is the cutoff and that's the only, no matter what else comes out this Friday that I don't know about, that's the only out that's that is the last album i'm gonna let be a contender so yeah that's what i got all right i have um big old plate of shrimp (laughs) it's midnight uh eastern time for us that's a few shrimp so i'm gonna have a few shrimp and then i'm actually gonna get in bed so i can get some sleep for turnstile and Samuel. So that is Top Plays Podcast for today. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I don't expect it, but if there's a color variant of Glow On, let me know. Oh, I will do for sure. I, I, I don't expect it either, but I'll keep my eyes open. And of course, I'll send you a text as soon as I find out something because that's the first place I'm going to head up because I want those socks. <laughs> and we'll see what else I have. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, all right. Top Plays Podcast. Turnstile. Later. It's a holiday. It's a holiday.